0: So Welcome to another episode of the Shredder Show, and absolute pleasure today to have probably the UK's latest IFBB pro. Uh, I don't know if this is the first time you've been called that on a podcast yet, Mr. Jones, no, uh, not, Josh Bridgman. It's not, it's not the that's first that's time. Awesome. Ah, nah, damn, I'd be beat right. to it. Um, <laughs> so, thank you very much for coming on, man. So, <clears throat> huge congrats on obviously the recent win. I was just Thanks saying, how has it sunk in yet?
1: Uh, um, yeah like for sure but it's definitely definitely sunk in like I had my first kind of week where I was just living on cloud nine and to be fair it lasted a long time I feel I still feel pretty damn good about it so um yeah it's, it's all settled and kind of refocused ready for the next steps next steps
0: 100 that's something I very much like and I think you probably have that uh winning mindset in terms of when you achieve one goal you've then got your your eyes set on the next goal and exactly I don't know just... if it's um, a mindset you've thought about, but when you're scaling the mountain of everything in life, sometimes you have to look back and uh, enjoy the view. And I guess you've probably been doing that last week or so. Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like that's the perfect metaphor for it. It's just definitely been a, a, a nearly three weeks now, just reflection of like the last ten years. Like I filmed a ten-year transformation video the other day, and like going back over that I was I was just like, shit. Like this is ten years in the making. Like it's it's been a long journey, but. Love every minute of it
0: uh something I'm fascinated to get your wisdom on so in regards to your goal from the very beginning and when you first started training did you think this was possible
1: uh yeah for sure for sure 100% like I like when I first started don't get me wrong like I think goals like should be set super super high but I also think that like, they can be a moving goalpost. like with how you go through life and you kind of either overachieve or underachieve like I think it's important to be to take yourself back down to the ground and make maybe go okay that wasn't a realistic goal let's reset things um but like actually like originally I thoroughly believed that I could be a natural IFBB pro like I was thoroughly believed and I trained like that um and then they had like a little bit of a tweak in the rules basically just said you need to be a pro physique to be a pro as opposed to you need to have potential to be a pro and you can have a pro card which makes sense it makes better sense so for me I was like okay I definitely have the potential but I probably can't quite get there without the, without the, obviously the assisted route. So that was when my goalpost shifted from okay, I can't do this natural pro. Am I going to go full send? And obviously, after three or four months of deliberation, and obviously the three or four years of thinking about steroids, as every bodybuilder does, uh, I, I jumped in and I was like, cool, my goalpost has moved to actually, and now I'm going to do this assisted, and that means I'm going, I'm going the whole way. So,
0: yeah, that's uh, yeah, very much a commitment to the process. Now, like rolling it back a little bit, how did you first get uh, started into training, I'm interested.
1: Um, All of it was through sport, really. I kind of just did the strength and conditioning stuff, Um, like Olympic lifts and bench press and rows, kind of the the typical stuff that give rugby players. Um, I kind of liked the progression side of it. Um, Got injured, but was going to a university to play rugby. But because I was injured, all I could do was the strength and conditioning stuff. So I kind of just did that and fell in love with that kind of personal progression side of things and then uh, literally just found the fitness YouTube side of things, found competing, understood bodybuilding and then kind of just jumped into a competition.
0: It's very interesting because that's exactly the same way I fell into fitness was from rugby and a sporting background <laughs> and I, I don't know if like, obviously with what you've done recently it's, it speaks volumes but I think it's very much that in a battle with your own mindset and like you don't rely on anyone else ultimately your own Success or failure is is on your shoulders.
1: Sure, for sure. Like I definitely miss the the competitive side of rugby. Like every single day, like you with your boys, you're competitive and you're trying to beat each other and stuff. But like, there's nothing quite like you know going lone like for me anyway. Going lone wolf and going into that place where it's you versus you. Like I really enjoy that um, and I thrive there. So kind of suited me more as a person, I think.
0: And, and going through, obviously, this journey, I think one of the things you've done incredibly well, which is one of the things we'll come on to later, but how you, you've built your own personal brand is obviously the success you've had through YouTube and uh, documenting your journey. How, how has that like evolved and developed from over the years? Did you find a lack of confidence when you first started? Like people giving you maybe a bit of grief? Like, why is Josh filming himself all the time? like Any of that sort of stuff? or?
1: You know what? Like I probably wasn't faced with that stuff. I I probably had the odd comment, like everyone does, but like not directly from my friends or anything like that. I just felt a bit awkward doing it in public. Like I felt I had that like public anxiety of just of thinking, what are they going to think about me? But no one, no one ever really said anything. Maybe the odd shout out of a window, but um, I wasn't faced with like true like what are you doing like my parents never sat me down like what are you doing which a lot of people can be faced with that kind of stuff especially when you don't see any return until it's like six years later um but I kind of had that dream in the back of my mind and and don't get me wrong like I fell off that wagon plenty of times like I definitely had a few months where I didn't post and maybe there's a little bit longer here and there but I kind of always got back up on it and it was a thing um that I could I could take somewhere so um yeah I never really got truly faced with like a you shouldn't do this. But it was always just like my own personal anxieties of thinking, what about other people thought of me? That kind of made me
0: a bit more hesitant. 100%. And talking about hesitance, one of the things I'd be interested to find out would be, what have been your biggest challenges so far over like your 10-year journey from where you start to where you are now, for example, say from uh, maybe like a training point of view, mindset point of view, just challenges of like relationships, family, social media?
1: Um... I think the hardest things, like, there's definitely an impact on on relationships, especially as I started getting a little bit more serious, a little bit like, you no, know, this is like I need to treat this like a job, you know. And when bodybuilding's a job, it's a twenty four seven job. So that kind of all encompassing mindset, and especially me, like I'm quite a very, I'm very fixated on on on. I can make myself very fixated on a goal. I'm not going to stop until I get there uh it can affect relationships um you know obviously it's straining I'm sure you know you've been through like a high deficit before it's straining on relationships you're, you you can become a shell of your own person when you're going to those depths of body fat um obviously like you, I've got a fantastic relationship and I'm lucky to have someone to support me but it puts a strain on it it puts a guilt on me I'm still putting her through it you know, so i understand it's, it's not. And I think the hard thing is it's not going to stop because I know that I need to get to where I need to go, and I'm still going to do it next year, and I'm going to do it the next year, and it's still going to be hard next year. Uh, that's probably the hardest thing, like off the top of my head, um, that continual process of like just pushing
0: the boundaries of of, of what I can do on, on
1: a relationship. But this probably the hardest thing. Yeah.
0: What What do you do to try and? mitigate that and like I know obviously you, obviously at the moment it's obviously difficult but you'd like to travel a lot mm-hmm. like, is it almost like go over and above and beyond in the times when you can do if that makes sense
1: for sure like there's definitely going to be a compens like there's going to be a little bit more of a compensation when you have the more freedom to do it uh, but I think a lot of it came within like the education of it because I think I've, I've learned this time like the first time I didn't necessarily educate my girlfriend on what potentially could happen like to myself and, and so there were times when of course, like, I don't want to go anywhere nearer. I don't, don't want to have sex. I don't want to, you know, I don't have that her Jimmy because I'm just trying to focus on surviving for like months at a time. She's like, what's going on here? And I didn't even educate her on that fact because I'm maybe a little bit young and naive. But obviously coming into the second one, it's a lot more, I know what's going to happen. Right? So a lot of like, a lot of it just comes in like, this is what's going to happen. I could be a little bit like this. So in those circumstances, let's just react like this instead of this. And a lot of it has been that this time. A lot of it has been like, right. I just was, a, I was a prick then and we just work out why okay that's because what you said there annoyed me so just try and like say it like this instead and she goes yeah all right cool and then just doesn't say it that way and it doesn't annoy me like it's like there's little things that are just ridiculously pissed you off for no reason which you cannot help you just change them and so a lot of it has been in the communication this time um, which perhaps we didn't have
0: the first time I think uh I think nearly everything whether it's uh business, fitness, family, whatever, every fault, anything that goes wrong is generally 99% of the time it's always down to communication. So I think you very much hit the nail on the head there. Um, exactly. And one of the things you said it was in terms of like experience, I think every day I learn the importance of life experience, but I don't know if you're the same. When I was younger, I was like, you fucking need life experience. Like, you know, you're young and you're like, oh, you know everything. Um, in that term of things, to turn things on the head in terms of like a training and a nutrition side of things, who's been the biggest influences on you so far to... to steer you in the right direction because I think a lot of people get taken down the wrong avenue trying to come to the sport
1: for sure um I think like the obvious choice would be Cal my coach Mm. he's obviously taken me on leaps and bounds over the few years but beyond that like obvious choice I was looking for that better information always like I had a hunger for more information so I didn't like I didn't just set the guy whose video had the best like thumbnail I kind of like actually went a little bit further in and I'd find people like Jeff Nippard who are really thinking about bodybuilding rather than like, and there's a few aspects of bodybuilding that people go through. There's the people who are, you know, they write down every single thing in the notebook. They write down how they feel about the set, They write down how they feel that session. You know, I'm a bit more past that. I just write it in my phone. I'm cool with that. And then you have people who just go by feel. Like there's so many layers to it. And I wanted to go through all those layers. So people like Jeff Nippard had a huge influence on me because of the science that he brought to it to a mass scale uh and then even like the more bro stuff like guzman and Mogus used to do it back in the beginning like you know obviously if a fish macros worked and stuff but there's better ways to do it now that now we know a little bit more but those are the guys who even put me into the the right direction from the start because there were people who were chilling out rubbish information but those guys always did the, the basics pretty well maybe not the best but they always did the basics pretty well so they were a huge influence and as i've gone through life i've just honed in on people who are better educated happen to be older people they're all like 40 or 50 they all tend to have a really really good life experience and bodybuilding experience you know you can talk about the three dmj guys huge influence on my natural career i've been natural longer than than not natural so you know those guys were a big big influence um and they don't do much different than what i do now really you know i just do it to a, a higher degree or a more focused degree 100 percent.
0: that was an interesting answer jeff Nippard. was not what i was expecting to be fair <laughs> that's uh Jeff's a good guy and his stuff is very good that he puts out and it's very factual based would you say that's very much your approach from a nutrition and training side of things is very much a a science based logical approach?
1: Yeah most of the time there's definitely a sprinkle of I, f- I feel that though <laughs> you know yeah. like yeah, I d- do feeling better there when I do it like this uh, but, like, a sprinkle of it. Like, I, I, you know, I try and bring in biomechanics and things like that. You know why I think it was Jeff? Because Jeff just had, like, the combination of the thumbnail and title, so he got, <laughs> into my, he got into my algorithm. So, like, that's probably why it was him. He was, like, the first person that I saw talking about it. Yeah, but,
0: that's, yeah. Uh, yeah that's fascinating. Um, and what was, obviously, your biggest highs of your fitness career, obviously, turning pro, but what have been the other big wins for you so far in that, that journey? What have been the other big milestones, do you think?
1: Um... I, I, I think probably my first year assistant was a big milestone because that was the first year when like, I really even hung with those big boys. Um, I always was just like, you know, I, I never did badly because my structure was good. I never really had a bad place in, fortunately, Touchwood because of the structure that I have. But you know, I just never, ever was even coming close to those first places ever. You know, so that 2019 was the true moment. I was like, okay, right, this dream is real. Like, I can... I can taste it now. You know, I'm not there. I'm actually nowhere near there, but it's the first time that I can almost, like, grab that dream. Um, I mean, even the years before, I remember just feeling quite a little bit lost of, like, I'm so far away from that. I've just got to keep going. I've just got to keep going. So, 2019 and then obviously 2021, two biggest moments.
0: How did you find, because obviously you did a very long off-season as well, uh, 18 months or so, wasn't it? Yeah, that was it. Did you find that um, challenging in some respects, almost, to have the patience to... You're almost like sitting in the wings. You feel like probably, I imagine, like just like you're almost like I don't know. I always think about like how like, Dorian Yates back in the day used to be like hiding away in his gym, like killing himself. You're probably a little yeah. bit like that. Do you know what I mean? Like you're you're waiting to go all the time.
1: For sure. To to a certain extent. To a certain extent. But like I, I know that's long game. Like I put in so much time naturally. Like I just knew that 18 months of assisted use was going to be like I knew that it was going to bring something really really good. I just I just I could I had this vision in my head I can see what it was going to look like and I just knew that if I took with it 18 months away so I I didn't ever like maybe towards the end I was like okay hey, I could do the prep now but it, you know a good 15 of those months I was I was head down ready to just I could I couldn't face losing that pro card I couldn't I couldn't at any point you know in my head I just I hadn't had a scenario in my head where I'd got second place it was always first I just needed to work harder every day so I didn't really I wasn't worried about it too much because I was so focused for that goal
0: what was your biggest challenge during that period obviously the last a lot of that was obviously with a lot of this COVID bullshit going on um, yeah and probably training here there everyone's like super stressed how, sure. did that, how did that affect you um Cause it looked like you built a pretty cool home mecca of a gym. Yeah, I,
1: yeah, I did. I did for about I think that was about twelve weeks. For about twelve weeks, I made like a home gym. I bought a cable machine, some dumbbells, and, and barbell, and a squat rack. So I was more than okay to kind of maintain because I went on a little bit of a deficit. So I was more than okay to maintain, if not build a bit of muscle. um But from then, I, I had access to gyms, fortunately. But in doing that, like I had to just move away from everyone to go to the gyms. So I was literally just living living with my mum, unfortunately. But like I left my girlfriend at home and I just, I just had to keep training because of this goal I had. So literally I've been paying for this house for about a year. I've been in here about two months of the last 10 months because it was just, I just couldn't train anywhere near here. So there was a lot of, there's a lot, a lot of sacrifice going into it. And obviously people just see the videos of me training well and stuff. But like, you know, I got a FaceTime with my girlfriend who I live with every night for Six weeks at a time and not seeing her because of what I'm doing, and then I got the guilt of that, and it's just like, it's just like it's all part of the, it's all part of the journey and the sacrifice you make. But there was a lot going into it, so that was that was probably the hardest thing.
0: I, yeah. I don't know if you agree, but I had slightly like different scenario. But I ended up getting stuck in Dubai for a long story for like two months to start the year and had the same yeah. situation. My wife is obviously at home here, and a lot of other people were like saying to her, like, "Are you not pissed?" and like really angry with Charlie not being at home and it's like well he's away he's got to work and this is what pays for everything for sure for
1: sure I mean and my girlfriend's got the exact same mentality but for me I'm I'm a little bit more of a I just I'm just like I just feel a bit bad though because so I just I put on myself a little bit hard. she's not bothered she's got her own good lovely life here that's good
0: how long have you guys been together
1: uh coming into our fourth year
0: Mm, that's good Long, long term, that's awesome to say. I think yes. what's good about that, I don't know if you agree, and for anyone listening, that I think having a solid and stable home background in that respect just gives you a solid foundation for everything you want to do in life. For
1: sure, I agree. Someone someone who can just keep you grounded, someone who's not within all the bullshit, you know, someone who doesn't get sucked up into social media and all the other things that, that come along with this type of job. It's invaluable. It's invaluable.
0: Uh, it's one of those things, I think, and I've had a few things recently, like if you're going to have something that's going to put you into a bit of a meltdown automatically, you then know who you suddenly go running to. And then that really (laughs) makes you then realize how important those people are close to you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. What was, what was her reaction when you won? I have interest.
1: You can hear it on the video screaming, (laughs) screaming. Yeah. It was, it was, it was quite a nice moment because it ended up just me and her and that was it. So like after a long, long journey, a lot of sacrifice, it was, it was really, really nice. Like, she was crying, I was crying, I could see her. and It was the first time when I was on stage, I'm in, I'm in a different world. And then when, when everything came back to it, like, would well, I'm looking for her, looking for her. And she was just bawling, like, bawling. I was like, I've done it. Uh, yeah, what a feeling, man. I could read it that day every
0: day. I could see, I could see the smile on her face for anyone who's watching the video <laughs> of this. Um, in that regard, like, sometimes, sometimes, things like that can sometimes leave you a little bit not vacant because obviously you're super excited but you build up this thing of like this is this massive goal and then suddenly you get there and then you achieve it like what's next what what was what was the did that happen to you at all of interest
1: yeah I really was a little bit afraid of that because I'd hyped up this moment for so much I had the time is now you know YouTube series and everyone was following it and there's this big pressure of this 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 I didn't want to get there and be like oh statue. I'm just the same as yesterday I am the same as yesterday of course but it was everything it was everything I dreamed of really really because I think because I have already set my bigger goal like the goal has I've always wanted to go to the Olympia I've always said that like it may have been a dream it may have been a really really far away dream when I said it when I was a little natty boy and you know it was coming third in regionals and stuff but like, that's what I said before, a pro card, because I didn't even know what a pro card was. Like, so for me to get a pro card, it really is just a stepping stone, but just a really big one, because I know how hard it is, and I know what I've put into it to get there. So, yeah, for me, it's just a huge, like, it feels like a bounce pad. I feel like I've just got that, jumped on it, and I'm going to the moon, you know?
0: 100%. What would you say to anyone who's listening who... It's maybe the same as like young Josh when he started, who's thinking he's got like big goals and aspirations. Because I know a lot of young guys look up to you. Like, yeah. and they, what, what would you say to them who maybe they've got big goals or things they want to achieve and they want to try and maybe emulate you? Not that I recommend people should try and copy other people, but like they look yeah. up to you for inspiration. Like, what would your advice be?
1: I think um, there's, a, there's a few things. Like, for one, like, don't let other people who may have like failed on their own like path you know, their own dream, like let you fail on yours. Because there's a lot of people who maybe have tried and failed and, you know, they're very bitter about it or maybe people just aren't in a good place in their life who are going to just like forecast this energy on you that's just not going to be positive or conducive to you getting towards your goal. So I don't want don't want to confuse that with like ignore everyone and keep going regardless because sometimes those people who are really close to you, you know, you know, your friends, your family, hopefully, who've got your best interests at heart, maybe you are going the wrong way. You know, that does happen sometimes. And if they can pull you back, I wouldn't say just ignore them, keep going, because, you're, you know, one more rep, bro. Like, that, yeah, that mentality. Like everyone else, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's not like that. So it's like, you've got to remain grounded, but slightly ignore a lot of the noise, because there's a lot of noise that can kind of drag you down and just, like, stay very, very clear to that vision. Um, and as long as it's not hurting anyone,
0: you know, just keep going and, and, and really, really stick to it. 100%. agree with that. I think when I first started what I, I doing, what I do with online stuff, I remember people saying like, "Oh, why is Charlie posting photos himself topless on Instagram? Why is he yeah. doing? This? Why is he doing? Why? Like, he's married. He shouldn't be doing this. This is inappropriate." Like, blah blah blah. And then like, and I look back and I see those people now, and like, all the people used to like just call me a dick or whatever for doing whatever I do. And then they, you see him now, and you know, you just give them like that. You just, no one has to say anything, but you just know. <laughs> exactly. I must imagine you've got a few people like that. who might have like been a bit like that with you.
1: Yeah, you? for sure. I had a troll the other day on YouTube. It was incredible. What a moment! He, uh, a long-term troll. I know him by name. Like I know the name because he's come up so often. Just gives me shit every single week. And he goes, "I think I'm gonna take back everything I've ever just said." After I got the <laughs> pro card. and I, I was just like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure." Uh, but I, I, I let it wash over me at this point. Um, I'm, I, I've, I've, I've seen what the hard work has done, and I know that none of those people were going to stop it. You know, so.
0: So you've got to take that mentality. Why do you think YouTube is so bad for trolling people? It seems to be the worst platform of anything I've ever seen. I have no idea, really. It's, yeah, Instagram's not crazy about
1: this a little bit, but YouTube's definitely the worst for whatever reason. You know why? It's because they can really get to know your personality on YouTube, so they can make a really smart troll. Like <laughs> They're really like bisexual personality, and you're like, ooh, gets you thinking a little bit. But it's brutal on YouTube.
0: What what would you say to anyone who, who suffers with that or is a, a new YouTuber or anyone like that, for example?
1: Uh it's difficult, man. It's really, really difficult. I think um only show what you want to show. For sure, for sure. Like I used to put my put uh Amy, my girlfriend on um quite 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 at the start just because it's quite nice to have that family you know, family vibe. And she used to get comments all the time, so I just don't put her on anymore and it was brutal. And she just was someone who didn't wanna see that and didn't couldn't take that regardless, you know. And actually, after those comments, it was months and months of scrolling, you know, comments to see what else people had said because it didn't necessarily go down very well. So definitely pick what you want to put on there because once it's on there, it's it's on there. Um, so that was definitely something to navigate. Um, but yeah, pretty much. I, I, it's, it's it's really difficult because as much as you want to ignore it, you, you, you know, you read 100 comments, you hear, the, hear that comment, you hear that uh, quote, you read 100 comments, it takes that one to stand out that just... You just go to it and you go, why did you say that? And you gets you thinking and you've got to fight that urge as much as possible. Um, but you will get numb to it as brutal as that is. You will just become numb to it. I just, I, I can literally just scroll past horrible comments now and just not even, not even acknowledge them as good or as bad as that may as, as that is.
0: <laughs> it's, uh, someone explained it to me from a business perspective. Is like, and I've had to get used to this a lot, is that Five percent of people in the world are generally crazy. So if you've got a thousand customers, it means fifty people are going to be like lunatics. Yeah. So you have to accept that this is just going to be part and parcel of things. And yeah. with YouTube, like you are, if you're getting shitloads of traffic, then you're going to be getting like five percent of those people are going to be crazy. So For sure. <laughs> you, have to be, you just yeah. As difficult as it is, it still affects. I think everyone when you read things like that, no matter who you are, hundred percent. It's um, I don't know. If I think that's just people lashing out because their own insecurities generally.
1: That's the. Big... I just got to think like. So think about it can you can you imagine going on there someone you don't know and writing that type of comment like think what type of mindset you have to be in to go and do that like you've got to be I feel sorry for them that's you know I see that comment I'm like oh, you must be in a bad place you know
0: 100% talking about YouTube obviously one of the big things you did was uh coming out obviously, about your PED use like how mm. was that a difficult choice for you to do in that respect or
1: it was never difficult, being honest. It was never going to be difficult. It was always going to be like that. I've always, I've always said that from the start. Oh, I, back in the days when I used to make videos, if I ever do it, like I'll, I'll document the whole thing because I thought it would be cool. I thought it would get traction, and I've always wanted to just be honest, anyway. And I've also never, I had never seen anyone do it. A lot of people do it now, but I'd never seen anyone do it in the public eye so much. So I was definitely keen to uh, to just sh- kind of show the process as, as safely as I could. Um, the actual decision, obviously, was very, very difficult. But but, but showing it on YouTube or I to say, social media because I don't necessarily show on YouTube because of the, they seem to not like me doing it personally. But um yeah, it was I was always gonna be honest about it.
0: No, it's good. I think it's uh refreshing in a slightly different world we live in. I think you obviously advocate that in as a healthier manner as that can be done. And obviously you talk about the importance of that and uh learning and the education with that. Um and that big influence that's obviously how your coach, I presume
1: uh yeah yeah a lot of it will be um i do get like a lot of outside sourcing anyway um like there's people like victor black joe jeffrey like i've had 10 15 consults with, with either of them dr dean as well of course you know dr dean like these guys are like at the top level of their field so you know spending time with them and talking to them and paying for seminars with them has, has pushed my knowledge as far as i can go as far as it's gone now
0: that's an interesting topic you bring up because i think Obviously you're on the upward trend. I can see you explode in the next few years. One of the things I think so many people are afraid to do is invest in themselves. Do you do a lot in terms of to grow yourself, like mentally as well as obviously physically?
1: Yeah, for sure. That's definitely like I'm 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 I was am obsessed with uh I say obsessed, like one of my hobbies is, is is things about finance, uh and investing, how to grow your net wealth, all these types of things and every single smart millionaire dude that I've ever said, the number one investment is yourself. Like it's, it's always yourself. So just, just start doing it. You know, I, I paid for a lot of seminars to first build my knowledge behind coaching. So I know that that foundation's there and there's investments into the YouTube channel like currently employed videographer. You know, that, that stuff doesn't come cheap. We do three videos a week. There's you know, a lot of money per month that comes out from that, that. you I don't necessarily see a return from, but I know that that investment pays off later down the line. Um, we just brought on a new coach. I just brought on a designer for one of all, like investing continuously into the future. Um, I only, to, only the, the only trajectory for me, I can see is upwards, you know, and if you can't consistently invest at the right times, uh, and at the right, yeah, at the right time. So like, I, I don't think that you should go and invest in a three grand videographer per month if you're not earning that much money and you've only got a hundred eyes on you. You know, I don't think that's worth it if you've got 50, 100 eyes on you. Get the eyes on you first, you know, generate some demand first and then maybe make the investment because I don't make 3,000 pounds off YouTube. I don't make that money back at all. I actually have to take that out of my own pocket and pay my videographer. But I know that it's worth it for the 15, 20,000 eyes that watch my view, every single video to watch it at a really high quality. It's only going to get more view rates, more traction. It's going to grow me quicker in that in that scenario. But there's a lot of people that maybe like they love the idea of investing, but there's, there's, there's definitely investing in the right things at the right time. And I think that was something that I was very fortunate to do. I kind of grew naturally and invested naturally at the same time. Um, or at the right times, I should say. So 100% was just the best thing I've ever done as a best to myself.
0: I think i credit to you for that cause I think that's the biggest mistake I see so many people making, particularly in the fitness industry. So many people are so afraid to put money into themselves to grow or to improve their business. And like all I do, as soon as I make any money is plow it back into whatever I can because it's like, you either buying money or t- uh, You're either buying time, or you're improving your systems, or whatever else you have, and like exactly. you're winning. And if you're you're testing or trying something, there's a big thing I believe. And it's um, you either you win or you learn. Like, it either works or you learn doesn't work. So then you yeah. know you have to try something else. So uh, there's a lot to be said for that. I think hundred percent for that. Agreed. That, that sort of aspect on the training side of things. Have you have you tried much in terms of different methodologies in terms of training, or have you always been fairly? similar with the progressive overload style of things and so obviously you worked with jp for a while and
1: yeah yeah i think like since i've been with jp which was a long time ago like four or five years ago i've honestly just done pretty low volume high intensity because it's just continually worked um before that like 100 i've done you know long-term german volume training i've done high rep high, hypertrophy stuff high volume drop sets all, all, all around um I probably didn't do it as in in a as a controlled manner as I do now like right now I track obviously everything that I do with my life I probably didn't do it back then it was more just at university trying things so like I'd definitely be interested to go back and try some of those things eventually but right now when the steam train is moving really really well I don't want to like fall off that track. <laughs>
0: That's an interesting idea and brings me on to something what do you think is what are the main mistakes you have seen people making in terms of training and that sort of things?
1: um Mostly not training hard enough, to be honest. I think like people just don't—they're just so far away from what they think that they should be feeling within that muscle. And like the thing is, the reason why they don't train harder is because they probably got some initial adaptation off off just training anyway. So they, you know, okay, I'm going to do a couple of sets. Well, you didn't do a couple of sets at all last week, so you're going to grow a little bit. And then they do that for a little bit and they say, "Yeah, this is hard. Yeah, I'm going to try and get a hundred kilo bench press." So they're naturally trying to progress anyway. But you're not necessarily, you know, training as hard as... as. as it depends, you know, people, people, a lot of people are casual. But it depends on what the listener's doing, right? I'm very much uh, an all-in dude. Like, if you're trying to make the most of it, okay, you need to train really fucking hard. If you're just trying to improve your physique, okay, you don't need to be screaming every single rep and trying to go to those, those maximums every single time. So,
0: yeah. I think it's um, a happy balance of that, and I think... One of the mistakes I think I see a lot of people making is they're just inconsistent generally, like jumping from one thing to another, whatever the latest fad style of training is. And I think that has yeah. a, a big negative impact. In terms of your like training split going forwards, like what's your plans like for now? Your Olympia off season uh, in terms, of, I think that's first time that's been said. In terms of that, and uh, from a nutrition side of things, from a training side of things, what, what's the, what's the, the game plan going forwards?
1: Um, so I'm definitely going to keep with, uh, men's physique. So I'm definitely going to keep my, uh, my training split geared towards my upper body a little bit more. So pretty much, uh, I pretty much ran this for like six, the six months running into this prep. Um, we'll probably just change things up a tiny little bit. This is going to be a push, a pull, biceps, triceps, a rest, back to a push and then legs and they'll do pull and then rest so literally i do legs once a week and then I'm, I'm, I'm pushing and pulling twice a week i'm doing my arms two three times a week and really just spending time pushing volume towards the upper body because that's what needs to grow I'm wearing shorts you know that's the reality of it i don't i'm not worried about being slightly out of proportion if i'm going to wear shorts that is the reality of it at an olympian level at this point um you know if i'm going to sacrifice a session it's going to be a like session for example just, i'm not going to catch up later on life but for now um, in terms of food, like just, just, just push back up, and we'll probably, we'll probably push quite hard until the end of the year. Um, have like a slight pullback, and then literally that'll be back into a prep from 2020, 2022. Olympia prep, maybe.
0: What um, do you have an idea in terms of weight-wise? What you think you'll push up to um, that on that basis?
1: Probably not work off uh, a weight; much more look. Um, we'll probably stay closer to a stage weight, so I don't have to get too much off. Um, but we do—I do want to put three or four kilos of muscle on for sure. Like, I, I, if I could be 100 kilos on stage, I think that would be a good place for me to be.
0: What were you when you won?
1: Uh, I was 90, 96 ish.
0: What was the peak of your off season? Were you like 116 or something? Yeah, 116, 116.
1: So, 20 kilos.
0: And did you find that difficult to shift?
1: Well, I was supposed to compete. Um, the w- the weekend I got my pro card was supposed to be my first show but I jumped in three weeks earlier after 14 weeks of dieting because I was pretty darn lean or lean enough for a regional which I had to do so I did that one and I was like mm, I could do this one like I actually tried to do uh, Portugal was the weekend before so I was actually competing the weekend before I was supposed to compete for the first time so I did it in 15 weeks and I was supposed to do it in 18 so I actually jumped in a little bit easier so it was easy to get off and there was a real sticky point when I was just kind of really digging for that final, 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 uh, final leadness, which was real, real difficult. And then as soon as I did my first competition, once you're fat-free, and you can start peeling off cardio, it wasn't so difficult to sustain. But literally, it was 16 weeks from start to finish, which was I did I did 24 weeks in 2019, so did six months in 2019, and this this one was just four on the dot, so it, was, it worked out pretty well.
0: Yeah, I think six months is a is a, a long period in a fat loss phase,
1: especially with drugs. Yeah. Oof. yeah, killed me.
0: In that respect, do you ever suffer anything from like anxiety or anything like that? Because I know you, uh, you're into smoking a bit of weed in a polite way, yeah, so yeah, but yeah, out yeah. a bit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, definitely, but you know what? Like, I well, people say what do you think anxiety is from? Like, is it the drugs? Is it the weed? Is it the, the the stress of running two, three, four, you know, two, three businesses? Is it the stress of going for Olympia? Is it the stress of social media? It's it's all of them wrapped into one, you know? So I definitely face anxiety for sure. Um, and it definitely increases when I prep for sure. And I've got no doubt that the drugs I use increase it as well. Um, so there's definitely that aspect of things, but there's nothing, nothing severe, nothing uncontrollable.
0: I'd be curious to get your feedback on this. So one of the best things I've done the last uh, six months is working with a psychologist to improve my like mental performance and the way I think and see challenges. And it's made me a lot calmer in the face of adversity. Is that something you've ever thought about? Or like i been reading a lot about if anyone's oh. listening to the book uh, winning by Tim Grosvenor and I've listened to his book, I read his book, Relentless. They're both insane. So he was a trainer for Michael Jordan. yeah. And like the more I read that, I'm just like, this, this shit's insane. Like the more yeah. you can get your mind in gear, like anything's possible
1: yeah for sure um I've actually I've, I've had a few sessions with a sports psychologist before um it was actually my friend so I don't know if it worked the best because I knew him really well um so it didn't it didn't necessarily work the best it was quite hard to like be really really serious in the, in the thing which I quite like to be especially with something like a sports psychologist um like I thought about it and because and I, I wanted to improve everything and I didn't know what I didn't know what else it would bring to me and I don't know like what are my weaknesses psychologically I mean maybe that's why it's, it's a good idea to go become aware but yeah it's exactly to become aware of maybe what I'm doing wrong, and just have someone else like do it who's not emotionally involved you know because I don't have loads of close friends I have a girlfriend and maybe one or two people that I talk about things with but that's a very emotionally close group so to have yeah. someone who can who can take I've, I've definitely thought about it I think it's I never know where to start on or where to look. You know,
0: I would suggest for yourself and anyone listening, it's probably the best thing that I've done. And also, it's like I explain to clients all the time: like everything in life is just becoming aware of things, and then you're aware of. I don't know. You mentioned it earlier in terms of like pissing your girlfriend off when you're on prep. Like, yeah. if you, if you know what's triggering, triggering arguments or stuff, you can then try and sort of stop the argument before it happens, before it escalates. mean, so you put fire yeah, out sure. before, it's, before it's even started. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I think I think there's a lot to be said from that. And from a business perspective, I think there's a lot of benefit from that as well. Like I know one of the big things that I've been really impressed with watching the outside we are doing is obviously the one MR brand that obviously you're building, which is quite a unique uh, project you have going on. Like, do you want to talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so it is. I never really know how to coin it because. I never really, I never wanted to just be like a a fitness brand that just makes clothing and like, okay, here's our clothing, support me. Because I don't know, I don't know, it, it, that kind of thing has been done and done and done and done and everyone is still going to do it and they're doing it. So obviously I wanted to bring a little bit more of the, uh, the personality side to it and the mindset to it. So obviously it's a very mindset based brand with... You know, living that lifestyle of just, just putting one foot in front of the other and and, and building on that day and day out, kind of how I've lived my last ten years really towards these these long term dreams and facing adversity day in day out. Um, but obviously, there's the accessory game, and there's like I have a very I don't say unique, and I didn't bring it to this to the masses. I just well, maybe I brought it to the masses, but I didn't invent it. I didn't do any of this stuff. I've been taught this stuff from 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 people. because people watch me they kind of just associate with me right so we do reverse banding to match resistance profiles and there's things like cuffs that we do to reduce joint pressure and these all these different accessories that have been not necessarily built for their purpose but we've started using for their purpose um to 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 aid our bodybuilding in in a more scientific manner and i've sort of just gone in and made them a little bit more specific and made them catered to us and i've got this i found a niche you know i found a niche in the accessories and making them a little bit more unique, making making them very, very affordable As well. I noticed. That there's a big, a, you know, big, big upmark that these guys are doing. So made them more affordable, made them look really, really nice. And like we're slowly, but surely, you know, doing really, really well in the accessory game. So it's kind of an accessory, but also got the clothing mindset brand and we're just building it into, you know, hopefully the next big thing.
0: Yeah, I think um, one of the things I've seen that you've done is really cool. I mean, we need to buy a pair of the, the wrist cuffs because, Everyone uses yeah. like the ankle ones, and I use the ankle ones that I've got from another company. And it's just like, like cardboard. Yeah, <laughs> they're like cut your wrist, not cut your wrist, but just uncomfortable. And they're too big and they're not really yeah, designed yeah. for purpose. So, for sure. I think uh, all credit to you for bringing out something that's actually specific to what people actually want to do with them.
1: For sure. It's been crazy. Like, we saw 2,000 pairs of them, like, plus. Jesus so, Christ. So, like, many. so they're everywhere, you know, like they're, they're everywhere. And like we've got a back a backlog of people trying to order them at the moment, so we've just got we can't manufacture them quick enough. It's crazy.
0: You are uh, gonna be next, Mark Bell of the UK, then. I had Mark Bell on the podcast as well. So He's a good guy. Oh, really? Master,
1: yeah. yeah, maybe, maybe. Like there is, there's a, I mean, there's a market to it. Like, I mean, there's obviously Strength Shop and there's companies like that that are doing accessories, but they're just like the shop, not necessarily associated with someone. So, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I just want to bring good products to the to the masses, and us.
0: Yeah. what's what's the the lineup in terms of the next products you wanted do you have anything else in your vision board of things you, you're going to bring out that you're happy to talk about
1: uh yeah yeah there are some things i can say um so we've got um so you might have seen a lot of people use two ropes extended because they're trying to reduce the the, the force angle so they can reduce the pressure that works. so we've just got an elongated rope that we've made personalized one of our I don't know why no one's done it so far. I mean, I've seen a few long ropes here and there, but if we can just make the household in every gym, you know, I'll, you know I've, got, I've got a lot of gym contacts, so if we can get into every gym. Um, what else have we got? Um am trying to think off the top of my head. We've basically got the whole reverse band set up. We should be all, all, all custom, all a little bit better than, than the normal stuff. Like I kind of customised some daisy chains so there's a little bit more options that you can use and stuff. We've got the carabiners done basically just i'll start a kit of biomechanic biomechanics literally and okay. how to manipulate things
0: kit to get massive from one mr yeah, exactly
1: coined <laughs>
0: so in terms of from a, a social media perspective and your youtube business side of things what's your your plans with that because obviously you're, you're growing very quickly on that and obviously you said you've obviously got a full-time videographer which is awesome is that just to more document your lifestyle more in terms of like, I don't know, like Christian Guzman style, like with me, bill, or like what's um, the thought process behind that?
1: I definitely, I can definitely see myself more more on the educational route, but not so much that it's solely educational. I'm hoping I can, I can kiss the education box. I can kiss the lifestyle box. I can kiss the box over here and I can kind of have the feet in a few places so I can pull from different audiences because i appreciate bodybuilding is very very niche and this this the time is now is very very niche i don't necessarily want to stray away from that niche because i think it's a good niche and i'm doing well in that niche but like there's still some things that uh i can talk about i just want to make it a a hub of 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 bodybuilding you know and a hub of all things of 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 life improvement and like we're sticking to three videos a week i just want to keep that momentum from prep it's very easy to lose momentum after a prep like you know, you hit this huge high and then it's like, okay, we have to get the ball rolling for the next one. So I just wanted to keep it there um, and just grow it. I'm like, I want 100K subs. I want half a million subs. I want a million subs. You know, I want to hit as many people across this world as we can. And like I got talk about real shit. We're going to, you know, I, I, the guys at the top of the game, I'm like, they don't know what they're talking about half the time. I can't believe it. Like, just get some right. good information out there.
0: I've trained with a lot of IFBB pros, and not you, in the last, I can say not you now, so in the last 12 months. And every time I, I get left a bit, def- not deflated is the right word, but I just end up thinking like these people are just genetic like freaks. Like, yeah, like you could just look at a dumbbell and just and grow. Yeah. I
1: know. But I'm hoping that we can come in and shake a few feathers and just be like, this is, this is not making sense. It doesn't work for the average Tom Dick and Harry. No, you've got to be a little bit cleverer than that.
0: I think that's one of the things I think you could be very much uh, a strong influence in particular in the UK in terms of shaking things up from that side of things because I think there's a large percentage of people who still very much in like the bro science approach of let's just throw loads of weight around, get a pump, and then eat some food and off we go. Like yeah, for sure. Obviously, it works for yeah some people, the elite. Um, but I would probably say, it's, or it, it works but it might not be optimal put it like that yeah exactly exactly well hopefully
1: but that's the goal just to keep climbing that ladder and climbing that social ladder and trying to do what we can do
0: 100 percent. in terms of your network of people around you obviously i know you do a lot of content with uh obviously thomas more tm cycles and brightman have you got any plans and more collaborations and things like that together and where are you mainly training now so you've been floating around muscle works crayford yeah, I pretty
1: much live around there. area, I live 20 minutes from both those gyms, so that's kind of where I've based myself out of. Um, like we're definitely going to get a lot more um, collab- like collaborations, me, me Tom and together. we we'll, we'll kind of do a thing at BBC together that a lot of people talk about. Um, yeah, like I want to get myself up north, I want to get up to Ultraflex, join with those guys up there, um, the, the Giant, I have to get get with them, I want to go see the UK guys, you know, before I fly off around, let's like get the UK team together and do some collaborations because like no one ever really does that so like I think it'd be good to bring and we will train like that now which is really good like the guys who are slowly but surely at the top of the game like are actually just training like that now like other UK game players you know they're it's actually just difference. training like that and eating like a and talking like that so it's good you know
0: there's a very big difference between the UK and the US though isn't there in that there is a huge <laughs> like difference night day. It's like night day yeah yeah, yeah.
1: huge difference crazy difference
0: like i mean even like, even dubai is even different in that respect like there's just uh yeah it's mental I, I don't know if you went to uh olympia gym in charger when you were there but i remember going nah, in there and I, wanted, in there. I went in and i was like oh, i wanted to do like, rdls or something and i was like there's like a thousand pieces of machines in there, and there was one power rack and i was like <laughs> yeah this just sums up like the middle east for like fitness yeah. and bodybuilding like i know it, it's bizarre it's bizarre it's you, Could you ever see yourself uh moving overseas i think you're, you're believe your dad or, uh, lives overseas. in yeah.
1: yeah. The U.S. or anything like that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to live somewhere else. I'd love it. Um, uh, I've always wanted to live somewhere else. I don't necessarily know where. I probably wouldn't go to the Middle East. My dad's lived there for ten years, so I've, I'm a bit over it. Um, I'd, I'd love to live somewhere else for sure. But uh, I mean, obviously, being being with with the girlfriend, just just a case of wait wait for her to quit her job, <laughs> and then we'll go somewhere. And
0: then what's after that 1MR gym, perhaps?
1: Yeah, definitely. Like, I've actually been looking at some spaces recently, kind of in the area, just trying to... Like, I'd love to make a a 1MR. Like, obviously, I'd make it amazing. Like, a gym, not nothing nothing crazy, something nice. You know, wells is the perfect size for me. Like, something like that. So you can have a really good atmosphere. Go a thousand square foot. And then, like, have, like, a studio to the side of it. Maybe a podcast room as well. and, And kind of make it a hub for work as well. I think I'd be really into that. So I've kind of been keeping my eye out. And just kind of l- trying to learn the, the logistics of opening a gym or making it commercial or private or you know, how that kind of thing works. So it's been in the background as well.
0: Yeah, I think um, the future's certainly bright in terms of that respect, I think, as well with what's happened with COVID the last year. I think there's a lot of gyms that are now up for sale or there's a lot of equipment floating around in that respect. Yeah, so I think if that's sure. something you're looking to do, I think you'd definitely crush it from that. If, sure. if you were to do that, who would be... If you could train with anyone in the world, top three people, who would it be?
1: Oof, bombs not. If you get to come to one one. one MR gym, yeah, Seabum would be at the opening party. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I'm trying to think. Like, I really, I really like those guys, man. Like, Ian, Ian, Ian Valier, like, I love yeah. the way he trains, I like his personality as well. I mean, I probably would like a lot of bodybuilders, but obviously, he's got the podcast, so you get to know him. Like, I love his personality. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think it's got to be some UK guys like I, I think I'd love to train with the giant I, I've always wanted to train with that guy to see that 6 foot 5 300 pound frame would be would be mental yeah
0: what, what would you want to train and what's your what is your, fav- your favourite session to train
1: push because I can nearly keep up with some big boys because I've just got all freaky overhead strength I've see, I seen I've seen him doing uh like six and a half plates on this gym shop over ohp press and I was like, I'd do six I'm like, I'd love to like to get in there. He's got a hundred pounds on me, and I'd love to just like uh you know get in his head a little bit <laughs> well,
0: try and wind him up and ride him up yeah other than that what's the what's the big goal in terms of like next two years, five years or you just literally just soul bound of the Olympia and then see what goes yeah yeah. That?
1: yeah Olympia comes first. Olympia comes first, um but that doesn't mean I can't grow my businesses like i've got huge business goals i've got obviously got figures in my head that i want to get grow these businesses to you know countries that I want to hit amount of you know traffic I want to go through America and all these personal goals that i've got that you know I hopefully I can hit over the next couple of years, but the big ones the you know, like i 've always said like nothing will get in that way. I will not make I will turn down a big business decision in the pursuit of having to get my cardio and you know like that's that that's what comes first um and the rest of it will kind of fall into place i hope
0: <laughs> do you uh, do you struggle to try and fit everything in around fitness and training also we we spoke before the podcast for this began about the importance of days you're not training you just cram everything else in yeah do, you, yeah do you have a lot of structure with things like that because of that now
1: yeah structure, structure, structure helps me a lot structure helps me a lot. i um I'm, I'm in a place right now where everything is very well balanced i would say maybe I uh, actually maybe the last like four to six weeks is a bit unbalanced because obviously the pressure of everything and trying to I'm traveling and, and whatever with I have to be bro but before that and from now like everything's very very balanced like obviously work a lot just is what it is but it doesn't feel like work you know still 10 hours every day six six days a week and plus I'm still on my phone in the bed trying to do more work you know so I still do that stuff but it feels extremely balanced because I have time off and when I put my phone down or for example, when I turn this off. I said five PM today or five thirty PM today. Like, I'm I'm good for the day. Like let's just leave it, so I can take that time when I need it. Uh, and that's something I've had to learn the hard way. You know, the real, real hard way. Just completely burning out for like two, three weeks at a time and not being able to like function just because I'm going so hard. Um, but now I feel like I've got a good balance.
0: I think it's one of those things. Like it's. Uh... Uh, pain is knowledge, really fast. Like when you've done that, you've, yeah, it's uh, a big to, to learn that. Oh, mate, and it's like with everything; it's with training. Like you injure yourself or something, like that. you, and you know why. Like, yeah, have you had any serious injuries before? You
1: nah, I touch with uh, Not in, not from bodybuilding. Touch wood. <laughs> yeah.
0: So yeah, I think that's one of the things in terms of from a business and fitness point of view. A lot of people are short side in terms of this, it's like it's a longevity game. A lot of respects like hundred percent. A lot of people burn themselves out. Physically and emotionally and mentally. I think if you can stay the course and you're the right main mindset and the right people around you, then you, there's no way you can't be successful.
1: Yeah, I completely agreed
0: Which I think 100% you're on the way for. So we'll wrap things up there, Josh. It's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you and obviously uh, hear some more of your success of uh, obviously recent times. Uh, where can anyone find out a bit more about you? obviously your YouTube channel? crushing it. You've got podcasts.
1: Yeah, yeah. You can just type in uh, Josh Bridgman, Instagram, YouTube. You should find me and it's Bridging the Gap Podcast.
0: Awesome, Josh. Absolute pleasure to have you on, and look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you, mate. Cheers, Cheers man. Sounds an absolutely awesome episode of the Shredder Show with uh, Josh Bridgman, the UK's latest IFBB Pro. So, I hope everyone gives us someone some inspiration in terms of the lengthy process it takes to get to that level, and what it takes in terms of sacrificing with friends and family. Now, if you're looking forward to getting into the best shape of your life. I would absolutely love to help and with the rest of the team at cj coaching so if this is something you're interested in drop me a message on instagram with the word change and we can discuss where you are now what you want to achieve and how we can help you get there or if you're interested in joining our cj shredding squad facebook group for completely free i've got loads of educational information there and content going out constantly you can hit the link below the podcast to join the facebook group uh, completely free to get free training from myself and the team if you found this podcast helpful, insightful and educational, as always, make sure you share it to your stories. Tag both myself and Josh and leave us a five star review and make sure you subscribe so you get notified when the next episode goes live. And we will have Mr. TM Cycles, Josh's uh, padre coming onto to the podcast very, very soon.